Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's clap your hands, all ye people. Come on, let us shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, let hell hear your roar tonight. Let them know there's an apostolic church in Pops Camp, Mississippi that's determined to have revival. Oh, hallelujah. Do you like what you feel in the house? It's so good to see you tonight. So good to be uh, in Potts Camp, Mississippi. I don't make frequent trips uh, to Potts Camp, but it's good to be here. And it's good to see you. So honored uh, to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I love God's people. And I love church. I love having church. So glad to see you. So good to see my uh, many of my church members, as Pastor said, that made the trek here tonight and such an honor to see them thank you pastor for the opportunity and brother Wilson for uh, having me tonight and I just want to follow the Holy Ghost want to follow after the leading of his spirit Uh, this is not the message that I would have preached uh, at the first time being at a place but it's what God wanted and uh, he's going to confirm his word tonight I said he's going to confirm his word tonight. There's going to be a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Do you believe it? So glad to have my wife here tonight. My baby girl, she's at home, but my baby boy is here with uh, me and I'm so glad to have them so glad for her support will you turn in your Bibles tonight with me to the book of Revelation no I'm not a Revelation preacher but it's what I feel God wanted me to do I do have a question tonight do y'all have a Gabrielle or a Gabriella that goes to church here right here And I may be totally off, but I felt God dealing with me. Do you have something in your body that needs healing? I may be way off, but do you have something in your body that needs healing? Okay. Well, I felt God told me that there was a Gabrielle or Gabriella here tonight and that he was going to be healing you. And I'm going to tell you what I felt like he told me it was. I felt like he told me there was a form of cancer in your body. There was? When was that? I felt God tell me tonight He is going to completely heal you in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. I feel healing in the house. Lift your hands all across the building. If you need a divine healing in your body by the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost, I release miraculous healing all across this house in the name of Jesus. Be healed from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I will send forth my word and I will heal them. Thus saith the Spirit of the living God. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Revelation chapter 14. 
verse 13, if you'll turn there. And the Bible says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And upon the cloud, one like unto the Son of Man sat, having on his head a golden crown, and his hand a sharp sickle. Somebody say sickle. Sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. Somebody say sickle. And another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire and cried with a loud voice to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. I do not know exactly why But I was praying in our pulpit after I preached this morning and I saw in my mind an angel holding a sickle in his hand. And I want to talk tonight to this church and my title is going to be an angel holding a sickle. An angel holding a sickle. Will you lay down your Bibles, throw your hands up to the sky. And let's ask God that he would move for his people. That he would speak to this church tonight. Father, I pray, oh God, that you would confirm therefore your word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Let there be a mass outpouring of the power of the Holy Ghost in this building tonight. I pray great repentance, great baptism would go forth in this building tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Clap your hands tonight as you're being seated. When, I'm gonna be honest with you, when I thought about a sickle, what I saw in my mind, you ever saw an icicle? That's what I imagined when I felt the Lord was dealing with me on an angel with a sickle. Maybe an icicle. Surely not a popsicle. Not a pickle, but a sickle. I very seriously doubt there may be some elders among us that have used a sickle in your life. If you, has anybody here ever used a sickle? Praise God. You need to, we need to take some notes from some of these because these have put in work. And so... Uh, That was what it was in my mind. And I began to think and study about what God wanted to do here tonight. And I found in the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus is talking to the people here. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. 
as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and he grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. But listen to this. But when the fruit is brought forth, or when the fruit is at its moment where it is ready, immediately, somebody say immediately. There's no pausing there. Immediately he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. He understands that I have to take these plants down now because they are ready. In another section of scripture in the book of Matthew, Jesus was giving a parable to the people and he said, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. And the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? And from thence, whence then have it tares? And he said, An enemy hath done this. And the servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat that is with them. But let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. It goes on later and tells us later in the chapter that Jesus sent the multitude away and he went into the house and his disciples came to him as they did many of times and they said, Jesus, declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. He is the planter. He is the Lord of the harvest. And he said the field that I was talking about is the world. Then he went on further and said the good seed. Somebody say the good seed. Are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil and the harvest. Somebody say the harvest. The harvest is the end of the world. But I want you to pay close attention to the last part of this verse as it tells us that the reapers are the angels. That's going to help us a little bit later on. The reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace 
of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Jesus was talking about the end of times here. He's telling us that he is going to send forth his angels in that day. And the angels are going to conduct a great separation. The book of Matthew chapter 26 tells us this. It speaks of that day. And it says, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man, not even the reapers, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. I come to submit to this church tonight and to tell you that all of us can expect that great day of reaping. And I don't care what kind of degree you have. I don't care if you're a theologian. I don't care if you went to Bible school a hundred years. Don't anybody in this room, anybody who's walked the face of the earth, know when that day of reaping is going to be. No man knoweth the hour. No man knoweth today. There's no, no, there's no exact expectation of when that day is going to be. And since no one knows the day, each one of us are required to be ready. I said each one of us are required to be ready when that day of harvest comes. You may think, well, I can look at the times and and I can know exactly when the Son of Man is coming. But I would beg to differ with you tonight. I'm not doubting there's going to be signs of the times. But the book of Matthew says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away so also shall the coming of the son of man be Bible says two are going to be in the field one's going to be taken and the other left Two women shall be grinding at the meal and one shall be taken and the other left. But here's what it tells us. Watch therefore for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come for he's going to come as a thief in the night. Only the Lord of the harvest can look upon what he has planted and tell when is the proper and perfect time to come for the days of reaping. Sure, another man can go and look on his field and say, I think it's ready. But that man who has planted the good seed, he knows when that day is going to be. Why are you telling us that tonight? I'm telling you that for this reason. 
I do not want us to get caught off guard in our own lives. And I don't want us to be mistaken and think it'll be 10 more years before he shows up. Everything's going too good. We're having too good a church. We're having too good a revival. I come to tell you, I don't care how good it gets. I don't care how bad it gets. I just want to be ready. I just want to be watching. I just want to be praying until the coming of the Lord. Because when the angel comes with a sickle, there is going to be a massive separation for the wheat, for the tares, for the sheep, for the goat, even the shaft. It's all growing together. We're all here together. And when we see that angel, when those angels get sent forth with that sickle, if you and I are not ready, if you and I are not prepared. There, there's going to be no time to run back to the house and hit your knees and find your prayer closet and say, God, let, 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 let me get right real quick. No, no, no. The time of harvest is now. I, I told you it was coming. I told you I was coming back one day. It is your and our requirement to be ready. Well, God, could, could, couldn't you give me a little hint? Couldn't you whisper in my ear and let me know you come out? No, I've already shed my blood. I've already died on Calvary for you. It's your job to be ready. It's our job to make preparation. It's our job to stay prayed up. It's our job to stay fasted up. It's our job to stay obedient to his will. It is our job to look ourselves up and down every morning and say, God, if you came back today, I know I'd be ready. If you come back tomorrow, I know I'm going to be ready. I want to ask everybody in this house, if God came back tonight, do you know with a full assurance in your heart that he would welcome you into his fold? Who am I talking to that's riding the fence of life? Bible talks about that tottering fence. This side one day, this side the next. I just want to know which side are you going to be on when the angel that has the sickle comes back for you and I. Come on, I come to be real with us tonight. I come to talk about heaven or hell. I come to talk about eternity. I come to talk about everlasting torment or everlasting life in the presence of the king. I heard Brother Johnny James say years ago, anybody heard Brother Johnny James? Love him. He said, God does not divide horizontally. He he divides perpendicularly. He divides sheep and goat, right and wrong, good and evil, heaven and hell. There's not a bunch of different ways you can go. There's two destinations we're going to have. And if you're wondering, there ain't no such thing called purgatory. 
None of that garbage. Hey, I'm a redneck. I'll just preach like it. All right? In that great day, when the cutting comes, are you going to be ready? Because there's going to be two things that happen that Scripture tells us. There's going to be a dividing that takes place. The tares are going to be bundled up in one bundle. The tares are those who have entwined themselves to make them almost look like they're Holy Ghost filled and almost like they're really in church, but actually they're kind of weedy type people, injurious type weeds. They looked apart. But when it gets down to the root system and the examination, they're not really who they say they are. Am I talking to anybody in the house tonight? Hey, you may have pastor fooled. You may have your wife or your husband fooled. But the day of examination is coming. And if God gets his eyes on you, he knows exactly what you are. So those tares are going to be separated from the wheat. But then there's that shaft that the Bible talks about that goes on the threshing floor. And when that good seed is taken out, that shaft is thrown up in the wind and the wind of God is going to blow that shaft away and it's going to consume it. If you know anything about something that's consumed, it is no more. No more hope. No more future. No more chance. I want to remind somebody in this house as I tell you with all the love in my heart when the time of the Lord comes we're not going to have another chance. My God, there's enough mercy in this room to save everybody here twice or three times over tonight. Why would you leave the same way you came when you walked in this house? Did you walk in hopeless? The hope is God. My God, I need somebody to hear me tonight. Let me remind you, quit playing games with God. Quit playing games with God. Get right tonight and decide I'm going to give it everything I got. That's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a day of destruction. For those who have not made themselves ready. The image of the angel with the sickle is the image of destruction. Look what the book of Matthew says. I apologize for my voice. I preached so hard this morning. Matthew chapter 24 says, Immediately, there's that word again, Immediately, After the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. A great day of mourning. A great day of mourning. I can hear the wailing now. God! One more chance! Save me now. A great mourning. Great crying. God, 
if I just had one more opportunity to sit on that pew. If I just had one more prayer meeting, preacher. If I just had one more opportunity, I would crawl my way to the altar. I did as low as I could. I'd give it all up, God, if you just let me in. A great day of mourning, of crying, of bitterness, of wailing. All because somebody refused to let God save your soul. I'd rather you crawl your way to the altar tonight with every eye on the building with you and grab hold of eternal life than me to hear you on that day of judgment crying out and saying, God, if I just had one more chance, God, if I just had one more opportunity, just one more. My God, I thank God so much that he didn't let me die in my drunken state. You're looking at an ex-drunk. You're looking at an ex-drunk head. But as that man sung about here tonight, if you saw what I was before, you would understand. I don't care what you walked in as. I'm telling you what you can leave at. As a saint, sanctified, blood washed, child of God. I remember as a 19-year-old boy sitting on that back pew as they began to sing about God, my fingers gripping those pews. But you know what? I didn't let my pride keep me from the altar. I made my way down. I fell on my face. And look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was bound, but now I'm free. got stuff in your life you can't fix look around so do every one of us got stuff I can't fix that's a perfect candidate for the Holy Ghost you're not hearing me the Holy Ghost will fix what you can't fix the Holy Ghost will root out what you can't root out the Holy Ghost will quench what you can't quench somebody just needs the Holy Ghost here tonight A great day of mourning. They don't have to be you. 
And that don't have to be me. And Paul was as great of an apostle as he was. He still contemplated the end of his days because he said, if I preach myself and I help save other souls, but yet my own self be a castaway. We can all fall away. We can all fall back into things. But you know what I found out? This Holy Ghost ain't something that just takes off every time I fall down. This Holy Ghost ain't something that just leaves me every time I make a different mistake. But it says, boy, you better get up. I don't care how many times you fall. You better get up and brush yourself off because the Holy Ghost will keep you from this day forward. Hey, God didn't save you for you to go to hell. He saved you to get you to heaven. And he's willing to do whatever it takes to get you there. A great day of mourning. But that second verse gives us some Consolation. What it says. It says, and he shall send his angels with that sickle to the laws. The sickle is a sign of destruction, but to the blood washed, spirit filled. It's a sign of deliverance. When everybody else is mourning because the angels are on the way, the church is standing up saying, my God, this is the moment I've been waiting for my whole life. This is something I've been waiting on my whole life. Come on, come get me. I'm ready. Come pull me out of this hell hole. He shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the one end of heaven to the other. You don't have to be a mourner on that great day. There can be a shout of victory come from your voice. Say, my God, I almost quit. I almost threw in the towel. I never thought you'd show up. But my God, I'm glad I hung on. I'm glad I stuck it out. I'm glad I kept coming to church. I'm glad I kept praying. I'm glad I trusted my pastor. I'm glad I invested in God. Luke 21 tells us this. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, look what it says. Then look up. Lift up your head. To others, the judge is coming down. But to us, hey, I know him. That's my redeemer. I know him to you might not mean much. He's going to execute judgment on you. But you know what he is to me? Oh, he's the one that saved my soul. He's the one that washed me with his blood. My redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
the book of 2 Timothy, Paul was thinking about his time of departure. And he says, for I am now ready. Can any of us say that with confidence here tonight? Be real with yourself. Examine your soul. Could anybody look at God right now and say, I'm ready, come back now. Hear me. Hear me. I'm ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Paul said, I'm gone. Through the stonings, through the tribulation, through the shipwrecks, through the stripes, through the tumults, everything I went through, he said, I kept the faith. I held on to what I believed in. I held on to the hand of God. And he said, because I hung on, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. But he didn't leave me and you out. Not to me only, but unto all of them that love his appearing. What I really come to squash out tonight is the church's fear of what's going to happen in that great day. That should not be a time when you and I are wringing our hands and saying, oh my pastor, I'm glad I invested in God. What's going to happen to my family? It's a time when we look up and say, God, I'm looking any day for you to come back. I'm ready with everything in me to come back. But not everybody can say that here tonight. Not everybody can say that here tonight. It's like that evangelist told us the other night in our church, he said, I see little fish swimming around all across this house. On some of you, I, I could tell you exactly the little fish that you're hiding in your life. But I'm not going to do that. I tell you, tonight would be a good time to let God purge you of anything that might keep you out of heaven's gates. Come on. I don't care what it is. Peel bottle, nicotine, you can't quit drinking, can't get off the skull can. I know many of them. I got some in my church. Holding on to the vape. Well, I laid the cigarettes and I just can't lay the vape down. It's time to lay down anything that may keep us from entering into heaven's gates. I finish up with this last verse. As John was writing the book of Revelation, went through everything he saw. And he finished this up in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 20. He says, he that testifies these things say, surely I come quickly. Jesus said, I'm coming quick. John said, come on, Lord Jesus. I'm ready for you to get here. 
it's been tough already. This aisle of Patmos that I've been on for so long, this is a weary life I'm living. Come on and get me right now. Could that be somebody's cry here tonight? God, come get me. I'm ready to go. It may not be my time yet, but if you're ready for me to go, I am ready. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Would you stand to your feet all across the house? Those disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, even the devils are subject unto your name. They were miracle workers. Or they's casting out devils, doing mighty works. But he, here's what he said. He said, it's all nice and grand. But that's not a reason to rejoice. You rejoice because your name is written in heaven. I want to tell somebody something tonight. You may be as broke as a joke until the day you die. But if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, you got it all, my friend. I feel direction right now. I feel direction right now. Maybe you're scared if you give God all, you're going to lose what you have invested here. I'm going to lose that raise at work. I can't travel like I need to. I can't make those big bucks anymore if I truly commit to God. What did he tell those men that followed him in the scripture? He said, whatever you give up, I'm going to repay. Whatever you lay down for my cause, you don't worry about it. I'll give it back to you. It's just going to be up there. You may not have a big house down here, but there's a mansion that's waiting on you in the air. You may not drive the nicest car. You may not have the biggest bank account. You may cannot afford a nice suit to wear to church. I don't care what you wear. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, put it on and get to the house of God. You're going to get a robe one day. You're going to get a robe one day. Can we lift our hands in the house? Somebody get real with God. Is there going to be another time? Is there going to be another service? Is there going to be another opportunity? Is there going to be another prayer meeting? Is there going to be another sermon? I can't guarantee it, but I wouldn't bet everything I had on it. If you need to get right with God, come on down. He's here to wash you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. He shot Maybe you say, I don't know how. 
I don't know how. You need to lift your voice to God right now and say, God, if there's anything in me, I'm asking that you would wash me. I'm asking that you would purge me. Forgive me, God, for my failures. Forgive me for my mistakes. Wash me in your blood. We've got to make it. Church, we've got to make it. You've come too far. Young man, don't let the cares of this world entice you to lay down what is meant for God in your life. You don't have to answer this tonight. But is there anybody in the house that's dealing with pornography? I want you to hear me. Is there anybody in the house that's struggling with the spirit of pornography in your life? You're looking, you're looking at a young man from the age of 13 on. Couldn't get it out. Couldn't get rid of it. Got in church. Couldn't get rid of it. Got washed in the blood. Couldn't get rid of it. I was at revivals, prayer meetings, church services. I couldn't get rid of it. And I'd come down to the altar. It'd be in the back of my mind. You're never going to get free. You're never going to get out of it. You make it a month and you're back down the same road. Come on, who am I talking to here tonight? Make it three months. You're back down that same road, back same mistakes, same website, same pictures. Can't get it out of your mind. I want you to lift your hands right now. Everybody lift them so my nobody knows. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I curse, I curse the spirit of pornography that would set upon any man and any woman in this house. I pray for a new mind and the transforming of the Holy Ghost. I believe God can take that pornography from you right now. Let him take it. Let him take it. Let him take that addiction from you. Let him take that substance abuse from you. never forget there was a I used to teach a substance abuse class ordinary Monday night they all sat in there got to talk to them like I normally do got done with my class got home and it was later on that I found out that there was a woman who was sitting in that class knew her since I was a young boy she went home that night she took her bottle of pills took a little too many just like it often contemplated and wonder could I send something more 
I was the last voice of reason that she heard. You know the weight? Don't let that be you. Hear this preacher tonight. You don't have to walk back home into the same garbage that you left there. You don't have to leave with the same chaos and the same garbage that you walked in. If you're hungry enough, God is willing to turn it around. I'm hurrying. I'm almost done. There's a young man I met one day. He's out handing out pamphlets. His name was Michael. Handed him a pamphlet. He come to church. I remember he called me. My wife got mad at me, Brother Vasquez, because I left our first date and went to his house. Needed somebody to talk to him. Now I remember sitting on his house, smelled like cigarettes. It was nasty. Sitting there and sitting there on the couch across from me, and he had his old baggy jeans on, just got out of prison. Wasn't much of a man. But God let me see something that night. And I didn't see him for his baggy pants or what he was wearing. I, I saw a suit on him and I saw a tie on him. Yes. So I invited him to church, arranged for him to get baptized. He's going to get baptized on that Sunday night. Didn't show up that Sunday morning. Found out he had got messed up with somebody that weekend and took some meth. Hey, I even took him to my birthday party at my house. He was bumming cigarettes from some of my step family. Talk about embarrassing. You got a lighter? No, I ain't got a lighter. I'm a preacher. But I saw something in him. Came to church that night to get baptized. and I remember somebody come up to the prayer room and got me and said, Levi, that guy you brought to church, is he supposed to be walking down the road? I said, no. Hopped out in my car. Ran down the road and my car jumped out. I said, Michael, what are you doing? He said, I don't understand. I just can't do it. I said, yeah, you can. You can make it. I promise you. No, no, no. I can't do it. Michael, please don't leave. You're this close. You were there. Be a few months later, I got a phone call. Michael had been in a drug deal gone bad been stabbed laying in the hospital room now I remember praying one of the hardest prayers I ever prayed I said God if he can be saved I'm asking you that you raise him up from that hospital but if he can't understand let him go he died there often look back and say what could have Michael been could he have been a preacher Sunday school teacher could he have been a bus driver? What could he have been? But he said, preacher, just can't do it. I come to dispel every lie and every excuse in the house and to let you know you can do it. I don't care what your mama was. Don't care what your daddy was. Don't care what your family tree looks like. I don't care what kind of house you live, what kind of car you drive. You can make it. And so I leave you with that today. If you want to make heaven your home, if you want that angel with a sickle to come back and say, I'm here to get you out of here. I'm here to take you to the Father. Tonight, you can be a child of God. God bless you.
reach over and pray for somebody close to you. God, I want to be ready. I got to be ready. God, I got to be ready.
all over the sanctuary and why don't we cry out for more of God why don't we cry out for more of his presence more of his goodness and mercy amen why don't you help me pray that God would get a hold of us, our hearts with a hunger for his presence like we've never had before a hunger for his spirit oh come on sing that song again let's cry out to him Let's make this entire sanctuary an altar where we cry for more God. 
Hallelujah. Come on, let's press. There's a hunger here. There's a hunger for revival. There's a hunger for more. Amen. Let this be somebody's breakthrough night, somebody's turning point. This is the time I decided to press my way. house with the sound of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can we thank the Lord for what he's doing here tonight? Hallelujah. 
Amen. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. You're welcome to pray as long as you like. You can be dismissed at your discretion. The church is going to be open for prayer all day tomorrow. Amen. It's time for us to seek the Lord, isn't it? It's revival time. Praise God. Amen. Again, you can pray as long as you like. You can be dismissed at your discretion.